Hello, this is Publisher's Lunch Deluxe for Friday, August 11th. Of the 25 deals we reported today is actress Megan Fox's Pretty Boys Are Poisonous, uh, a collection of poetry to gallery. Proposed internet archive judgment would bring down infringing files right away. On Friday, the AAP and internet Internet Archive jointly filed with U.S. District Court Judge John Coyletal the long-awaited proposed consent judgment and permanent injunction following the judge's forceful and unequivocal ruling from March, finding the uh, Internet Archive guilty of wholesale copying and unauthorized lending on a mass scale. Most importantly for the near term, they asked the court to enter a permanent injunction that is effective immediately and shall not be stayed pending any appeal. That means the illegal distri distribution of the named plaintiff's full catalogs of in-copyright books will stop right away within 14 days of providing notice. Because of the Internet Archive's broad international reach, the stipulation also importantly covers their use, quote, in, from, or to the United States, unquote. Also important for the rest of the community is that there is a side letter to, quote, motivate IA to apply the injunction in the consent judgment to all of the AAP's member companies affected by IA's infringement who wish to participate rather than pursuing their own independent litigation, which remains their right. In that letter, the AAP agrees not to fund another lawsuit over infringement from the past three years for other AAP publishers in exchange for the IA agreeing to extend the settlement terms to all other AAP members, quote, creating an efficient resolution for these aggrieved rights holders. The mechanism to participate is to provide the IA a machine-readable catalog in a standardized form identifying its commercially available titles. On the removal of publishers' books, the IA is disingenuous with its users given the agreements they just made. All they say for now is, quote, we expect that, at least while the appeal is pending, there will be changes to our lending program. But the full scope of those changes is a question pending with the district court. The consent judgment also includes a confidential monetary judgment payment by the IA to the AAP to be paid later after the IA appeals, if they do so, and loses, which they will. The AAP states in their release, while the sum is confidential, AAP's significant attorney's fees and costs in the action since 2020 have been substantially compensated. Not clear yet is whether or how the authors, particularly those of the 127 named works in the lawsuit, though vast numbers of authors were victims of the IA's infringement, might share in any payment at the conclusion of the case. Both parties are strictly bound to confidentiality regarding the monetary portion of the judgment, though if for some reason information starts to emerge from IA in that regard, the AAP is permitted to correct that. There remains one point in dispute that will be decided by Judge Coltel, which appears technical but is significant. When defining the, quote, covered books, quote, to which the judgment applies, 
the AAP logically and necessarily wants it to apply to in copyright commercially titles in commercial titles in all formats, even if available only in print. But the IA would, in their legal prayers, like to keep the injunction limited to such titles that are available as ebooks. If accepted, that would significantly limit the scope of the otherwise broad and forceful decision from the judge and effectively force the quick creation of ebooks where they might not exist just to protect basic rights. It's also plainly contrary to what the judge already wrote in his opinion. Quote, Although IA has the right to lend print books it lawfully acquired, it does not have the right to scan those books and lend the digital copies en masse. As far as AP President and CEO Maria Palante is concerned, the opinion is super clear that format shifting is copyright infringement, which would support the AA's position on covering all formats. They're arguing it only applies to work where there is already an ebook, since the 127 named works all have ebook versions, and we're arguing that's absurd. But we got to 99% of what we wanted in the mutual agreement, Palante said, and this is the only is the one thing they're fighting us on. Beyond those significant items, there are other provisions that are also of note. The judgment and injunction covers not only IA's own display of covered books, but any distribution, reproduction, or creation of derivative works, like, say, a training corpus. And it applies to anyone in active concert or participation with them, including the open library, as well as their network of partner libraries, libraries whose print books have been counted by Internet Archive toward its maximum lendable digital copies on Internet Archive's website. Further, it specifically blocks inducing or knowingly and materially con contributing to any individual or entities infringing reproduction, public distribution, public display, and or public performance of covered books. That language is there, Palante said, because they were proselytizing controlled digital lending and we thought they were inducing other parties. So the injunction shuts down the IA's own infringing use, but also shuts down their entire network of uncontrolled digital lending for the covered copyrighted books, which opens the question of remedies for other publishers. As Palante notes, we don't have the power to exact a settlement for non-AAP members, nor would we want to waive the claims of any other publishers or authors against the IA. But now that the court's opinion is so clear, it would certainly be easier for anyone else to sue the IA on the same grounds, which should give the IA strong incentive to make similar terms available to other copyright owners. For our members, Palante said, we're going to help get their works out there. In their press release, she adds, quote, the AAP thanks the four publishing houses in this case for their unwavering commitment to justice and for combating the scourge of digital piracy that damages the livelihoods of so many creators. We hope the extensive analysis of the court and serious nature of the stipulated judgment will discourage other actors who refuse to account to copyright owners and the law. With her eyes on the new next battle to come, Palante says in the release, looking ahead, we note that enforceable copyrights have never been more important as policymakers and courts around the world grapple with how to regulate the rapidly evolving use of artificial intelligence. 
If we hope to discern the deployment of misinformation, the authenticity of viewpoints, and countless other threats to a stable and secure society in this new era, it seems clear that we will need experienced and dedicated authors and a sustainable publishing industry to keep the public informed. Further, as a nation of laws, we should agree that the source of supply matters when it comes to the feeding and training of machines, meaning that no corpus of creative works that is assembled or proffered through acts of infringement should be ethically tolerated in the business chain or legally permitted. She hopes that broad-based concerns about the ethics and impact of unregulated AI means that in the battle between tech disruptors and traditional approaches, for the first time I think copyright is not standing alone, which could enhance the possibility of actual regulation and or legislation. For those who would want to free ride on the legally protected works of publishers and creators, quote, I think there's never been a worse time to argue that digital files should have less protection, not more. Harper sales and earnings fall to close a tough year. Harper Collins reported a weak end to a difficult fiscal year with fourth quarter sales of $446 million down $67 million from a year ago, 13% lower. EBITDA suffered even more at just $16 million compared to $47 million a year ago. $20 million of that gap was due to the calendar, with an additional 14th week included in last year's quarter. The company also lost some revenue to foreign exchange. Broadly, News Corp cited, quote, lower book sales due to lower consumer demand industry-wide and weak frontlist performance, which contributed to higher returns. Earnings fell on a mix of lower sales, higher royalty write-offs, and higher supply chain and inventory costs, partially offset by lower marketing and employee costs. For the full fiscal year, the company dropped back below $2 billion, down to $1.979 million, falling $212 million, or 10%, back to where they were two years ago when sales were $1.985 billion. Earnings were almost halved, with EBITDA of $167 million, compared to $306 million a year ago. Negative foreign exchange cost the company $58 million for the year, plus that $20 million gap from the extra week in the previous fiscal year. Backlist comprised approximately 60% of sales in the year. CEO Brian Murray conceded, it's been a tough quarter and a tough year. He noted, not since 2008 did I see so many headwinds buffeting the business all at once. Murray once hoped all of these supply chain adjustments would take two quarters, but it really took four quarters to work its way through. As indicated previously, most of the challenges were in North America, while the company had strong or record years in the UK, Spain, Germany, Brazil, and India. And even domestically, when benchmarking against sales data on peers from sources including the AAP and BookScan, Murray says, we actually did 3% better than market over the last seven to eight months. On KKR's deal to acquire Simon & Schuster, Murray called the private equity firm the second best place it could be. He noted, if it's not going to wind up somewhere that's not part of the HarperCollins family, I think KKR, under the guidance of Richard Sarnoff, 
who knows this industry well and has a long-term passion and focus is, I think, a good place. Starting January 1st, The Experiment will be distributed by W.W. Norton for print and digital books in the U.S. and select international markets. They have previously been distributed by Workman, Hachette Book Group. And that's all the news for today. Have a wonderful weekend.